are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a good Monday show for you. We are going to go over that Bachelor in Paradise cast announcement that happened on Friday. I've got a Golden Bachelor spoiler update for you of what's happening and where we're at in filming. We're also going to talk about Big Brother last night. We're going to talk about the challenge and another legend in the TV world passes away. We'll get to that momentarily. All right, let's first start off with your Bachelor in Paradise cast announcement that came on Friday. A lot of these people you knew were on the show. If you've listened to anything over the last month, month and a half, there were a few that if you weren't really paying attention, maybe you didn't know, but I... (laughs) I think most of you, as we talked about heading into this, this was mostly going to be Charity's guys and Zach's women. And that's basically what it came down to. So the initial cast has 11 women and seven men. Of the seven men, one, two, three, four, five, five of the seven are from Charity season. Just the initial cast. Obviously, we know more are coming in. The two that aren't are Will Urena who was on, I believe, Michelle's season? I could be wrong. Sorry. And Blake Moynes, who you've known for uh, three months, Blake Moynes is going to be on the show. Or two months. Actually, three. You knew before uh, Paradise started that he was going to be out there. And then there are 11 women. And of the 11 women, one, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight. Eight of them are Zach's women. The three who aren't were Sam Jeffries. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sam was Zach's season. What am I talking about? Um, Eliza, who was uh, Clayton season. She was on Paradise last summer. Rachel Recchia, obviously. We know her own bachelor. She was on Clayton season and then her own bachelorette season. And then... Actually, I was right. It was Sam. Sam was on Clayton's season, not Zach's season. She showed up the first night. She was a night one eliminate T on Clayton's season. Remember, she showed up in, um, like, suds. She showed up in her bikini. She, like, came out of a tub. Yeah. So those are the three that uh, were not fresh off the initial season. And this is stuff that, you know, I tell you all the time, and you just got to drill it in your head. A majority of the cast that is on that season's Bachelor in Paradise is coming from the two seasons that we have just most recently watched, which were Zach's, eight of the 11 women to start the show are from Zach's season, and Charity's men, five of the seven men are from Charity's season. The five men are Braden, Aaron Bryant, Pilot Pete, Sean, and... uh, Oh, I'm forgetting somebody here. Oops. Page two. Uh, Aaron Schwartzman. So, yeah, those are those are your uh, those are you guys that uh, five of the seven from charity season. So obviously, uh, the, the one thing I know about the first rose ceremony, meaning if you got 11 women and seven guys, that means four women should be going home the first episode in the first rose ceremony. We already know I spoiled this back weeks ago. Greer. Um, gosh, who was the other ones? <laughs> uh, I'm already blanking. I should have written this down. Oh, 
Greer, oh, Brooklyn and Cat Wong. Or sorry, Cat Carter. They still have her they still have her as Wong on the website. Her last name is Carter. Cat Carter, Greer Blitzer, and Brooklyn Willie are the three that are eliminated. Which means that there would be one extra person, but my guess is a male is brought down to the beach before the first rose ceremony. That means that there will be eight guys handing out eight roses. So just know that the three eliminated at the first rose ceremony are Greer, Brooklyn, and Cat Carter. It doesn't start for another month, a month from tomorrow, September 28th. So I will try and put together everything and have it in one post because I've given spoilers out for Bachelor in Paradise, but I've noticed a lot of people are still asking me, hey, when are we going to get the spoilers? And so like, I've already given you the ending. So whether or not I get, you know, who went on a date in episode two, I'm probably not going to get that. I will be able to give you some, you know, I, I gave you the main points of who got engaged, who is still seeing each other post-show, what happened with Rachel and Blake. I guess those are the most important storylines, but if I get more, I'll try and put it out in written form because it is written in an old column, but it's not under a Bachelor in Paradise label, so I'm probably going to have to do that uh, for everybody. So um, just know that that's coming. I've got sometime in the next month. I'll probably lay it all out there, maybe when I get my Golden Bachelor information. Speaking of the Golden Bachelor, let's talk about this. Last week, I told you that I knew that two, I knew two of the uh, women that got hometown dates. And I knew where one of the locations was. Actually, I knew where two of the locations were of the two women, but I only knew one of the women's names. Well, now I got both of those women's names. I have their social media accounts, first and last names. I know uh, who they are. But. When I told you last week I had two hometown dates, I didn't know what they were doing. Are they doing four, like the regular Bachelor and Bachelorette show? I didn't know. I do now. So they only had three hometown dates. I know two of the three women. The third woman, I know her first name. But because the Bachelor, the Golden Bachelor, has not released any of the women... I don't want to release the other two women yet because I kind of want to give you the breakdown once I get the third woman's last name because something tells me we're going to get these women fairly soon. If not this week, then probably next week. But we'll see. Um, what I do know is this. I know two of the three women who got overnight dates. I know the third woman's first name. Don't know her last name. So obviously I don't know her socials or anything like that and I don't know where she's from. I can tell you this. The oh, the hometown date, the three hometown dates that they had, they only had three. The rose ceremony was Friday night. They are down to two women, and those two women are in Costa Rica right now. Costa Rica is where they're filming the Golden Bachelor finale, and the final rose ceremony is on Thursday. I know the two women that I know that were in the final three, I know one of them made it to the final two. The other one is the one I don't know the last name on. So once I can get her last name, you will have your breakdown of final three for Golden Bachelor. You'll have your final three, who got eliminated, and you'll have your final two. How soon I find out who he picked between those final two, who knows? But the good thing is you'll have it all laid out for you from the ending. Because let's be honest, this is a very different show to where you're not going to care about who gets eliminated in episode one or two because they have no shot to show up on Paradise 
or another show. It's going to, this is a, you know, this might only be the only season of The Golden Bachelor we ever get. We, we have no idea. But what I'm saying is the interest for Golden Bachelor is basically just going to come down to, hey, who did he pick? And maybe what happened on the overnight dates. That's about it. Well, he's only having two overnight dates because he only had three hometowns. And the two women that he's with right now in Costa Rica are going to be obviously given the option of, hey, do you get a, you know, do you want to spend the night or, or whatever? So um, I, I, I'm like I said, that's why I'm not really rushing to get early season spoilers of who went home when and who got a group date rose and whatever and who I mean, if I find out who the villain is or who, you know, maybe ruffled some feathers in the house, sure, I'll put that out there. But the main thing is you want to know who he picks and you want to know who at least got far hometowns and overnights well only three hometowns and looks like only two overnights and final rose ceremonies on thursday so hopefully if they release the women this week i will know which woman to look for's last name because i know her first name now if it so happens to be that her first name there's two women this season with that first name okay well i'll have to i guess try and find <laughs> do a little more digging but i don't think that's the case it's not like it's um a a um a not normal first name i'm just saying like the odds of them having two of these are probably pretty slim so once i see the cast list you know i know they only give the, out the first name on the cast list and you know age and city i don't even know if they're going to be doing age uh, for this one they probably will but hopefully just like when they release the other contestants on bachelor and bachelorette I'm able to find them just with a first name and age in a city. So, and if not, and put it this way, if not, I'll just be like, all right, look, I haven't been able to find her last name. So here's her final two. Cause I know she's in the final two. So that's where we're at with golden bachelor. And I think that's, like I said, that's probably the biggest thing you want to know is who made it to the end, who got hometowns, who made it to the end, who's the final two and who does he pick? Like I know the final two. So, 50-50 shot of somebody being right on who he picks if I'm able to put that out there um, before I find out who he actually picked. So we'll take it from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and you say, well, it seems pretty fast. Well, they started on Thursday, August 3rd, and they're going to end on August 31st. And I figured it would be roughly a month of filming, and that's exactly 28 days. Um, it makes sense. Now, it looks like... You know, we know that August 3rd, they started filming at the mansion. And I can tell you that the first hometown date happened on last Saturday, the 19th. And then the second one was on the 21st, and the third one was on the 23rd, and Friday night was the rose ceremony. So, from the 3rd to the 19th is only 16 days. My guess is everything was filmed in L.A., and then the only travel they were doing is hometowns and then now Costa Rica for final rose ceremony. I just don't think they left L.A. between the 3rd and the 19th, you know, I, because, one, nothing ever got out. I've been surprised. Somebody would have seen them somewhere if they were in another um, domestic city, and I had heard before the season they were only doing domestic city pre-final rose ceremony. So um, that's where we're at, and I will let you know, hopefully, hey, if they release the cast this week, that'd be great. Um, if not, then I'll just hold on to it because, like I said, no one else out there is spoiling The Golden Bachelor, so not too concerned. Big Brother last night showed the winner of the pressure cooker competition. 
So I didn't watch, obviously, back in season six when the whole thing with Kesar and what was her name? Jennifer went down to the final two and Jennifer promised him you're safe. He released a buzzer or the button or whatever, and then she basically put him up for nom and he was eliminated yet again because he had just apparently come back into the game. And it looks like, I mean, Cameron cut a deal with America since they were the final two, and he stuck to it, at least for this episode, by not putting America or Corey up. And again, I mentioned it, I didn't, on Friday's podcast, I didn't really understand why they're doing an endurance one like this that lasts this long. I mean, this one lasted, I think, five minutes less than season six, which was season six, I think, was 13 hours and 53 minutes. And this was 13 hours and 49 minutes or something like that, 48. It was literally, again, right around the 14 hour range. And I just don't see why you're doing this type of competition with 12 people left. Three or four people left where HOH is just just imperative that you win because you basically lock yourself into the finals by doing that. Um, doing it with 12 left? I, just, I mean, I would have played along for maybe 30 minutes to an hour. I've just been like, yeah, I'm done. I don't, I don't need to do this. I don't need – you guys are really going to go for 13 or 14 hours. I'm, I'm out of here. I don't need to stick around for this. There's too many people left. Um. Now, I know, once again, there was some criticism online in regards to shutting off the lights in that competition because it's already bad enough that Matt can't hear, and now you're making him blind in there. Yes, everyone else is blind, but when a guy can't hear, that means he's not participating in any conversations. He can't hear what anyone else is saying. Is that unfair? Yes, it was. And we know they didn't keep it dark the whole time they were in there, but shit, it was dark for a lot of the time. It just seemed like that was a another competition that seemed to be completely unfair uh, for Matt. And, you know, are they going to address it? Probably not. But once again, people online are complaining, and I think they have a legitimate gripe about this one. Like, we have learned that anything sound-related, he is... 100% dialed in. They have basically soundproofed these competitions this season for Matt. And he has been been able to do everything, um, even though he has said to people, I feel like I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage. So even though the show has gone out of their way to bend over for him and make sure that he is not at a disadvantage, he still seems to think that he is. So... Who, what do we do? Take the show's word or do we take Matt's word for it? What I know is the pressure cooker competition definitely wasn't fair to him. I'm sorry. The second you turn out the lights, how does Matt have any sort of advantage? He can't hear anything going on and he can't read people's lips. So didn't really understand it. All show the Professor's Alliance didn't want Cameron or Red to win. So... What happens? Cameron wins, and he makes no bones about it. I'm putting Jag, and I'm putting Blue up. And he told them right to their face, which I liked. I respected that. <laughs> However, when he made his speech to put them up, and I think I've heard people say this in the past, and it's just kind of silly when you think about it, telling nominations that you love them so much and that's why you're giving them a chance to play in the veto no, you're giving, you're putting them up because you want one of them gone. 
I love how they like mask it with, hey, at least I'm giving you a chance to play in the video, veto. I mean, come on. Yeah, I guess he could be saying it because he could not put one of them up even though he wants them. Kind of like what happened to Heisem last week. And, you know, it's a game of chance on whether he not see, whether or not he even gets a chance to play in the veto. But telling nominations, hey, I love you guys so much. No hard feelings. I just wanted to give you guys a chance to play in the veto. Well, I'm guessing if you ask both of them, hey, do you want a chance to play in the veto this week as a nomination? They both would have said, fuck no. So let's not let them down so easy with the you know the backhanded compliment of hey go win the veto try your best you know so i once again was spoiled over the weekend because don't tell her but i did listen to cats <laughs> i did listen to cats uh her podcast the exit interview with Heisem, and she told Heisem who won power of uh, who won HOH. I should have shut it off right when she said, "Do you know who won HOH?" And he said, "No." And then she told him, "I'm pretty sure it was Cats." I listened to Cat and I listened to Taylor, last year's winner, talk to Heisem. I think it was Cat that told him, and I just happened to be listening. <sighs> anyway. I do not. Let's see if I can wait. To, let's see if I can make it till Wednesday and not find out who won veto. Let's see if I can. And and whoever did win, let's see if you know any changes were made to Jag or America. I mean, a Jag or Blue. Sorry. Chances are not good. Just because every week I say it, and outside of I think one time this season, I wasn't spoiled before Sunday's episode, or I wasn't spoiled before. Wednesday's episode those random Instagram accounts that just happen to show up on my search where it literally just has their face and in giant letters H-O-H P-O-V I just blocked those accounts I don't even want to see them I didn't restrict them I didn't mute them I blocked them so but there's also so many if you just type in big brother spoilers in the search bar on Instagram so many different Instagram accounts come up that I guess at any point one of those can show up in my search or just when I'm scrolling. Because like I said, the other day, the last week, when I had found out who won HOH with uh, Felicia and I found out that Jag won Power of Veto, I was just scrolling my regular Instagram feed. I wasn't even going through the search bar. I was just scrolling my Instagram feed and that thing popped up. Felicia's felicia's face with a giant hoh next to it and i'm like good god so let's see if i can get to wednesday and not find out praying but not having too much hope here the challenge last night um i believe the challenge editors and the big brother editors must all have sex with each other or something because they literally do the same exact thing we saw it two weeks in a row the last two thursday nights on big brother Two weeks ago, they made you think that, oh, we're not going to vote Riley out. They're going to vote Cameron out. And then Riley goes home 12 nothing. Last week, same thing with Heisem. You got Izzy. You got Felicia. You got Suri talking. Oh, maybe it is. We keep, we keep Heisem around because then he's going to be loyal to us. And then what happens at the vote? He goes home 11 nothing. Last night on the challenge, 
I mean the sob story with Wes. Good golly, Miss Molly. Talking to his wife, saying this is going to be his last challenge. Competing in the challenge against Dusty. After the challenge is over, Banana's walking over to him saying, you know, good effort. You did great. We built this thing together. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, by the way, Wes wins the competition. <laughs> um, Again, on editing, on something like that, when it comes to down to time, somebody could last 10 minutes and somebody could last five minutes, but editing could easily make it seem like they both were very, very close on something like time. When it's like, hey, you need to punch out 10 of these things before someone else does, Yeah, you can't really, if somebody wins 10 to 4, you can't really edit it to make it seem like it's close, you know? But that one last night, it was separated by, what TJ say, 37 seconds that Wes won by? Easily make it seem like, because you're just, you know, even what you see when, when Dusty was on the wheel and Wes was on the wheel, even if you timed it and set your stopwatch from the time the competition started, you wouldn't know because editing is taking a lot of parts out. Of course, they made it seem like Wes, by trying to spin the smaller wheel first, gave up a lot of time. And they even had Wes in a confessional saying, if I spin the wheel and it doesn't work, I'm giving up time. Dusty gets the first wheel on and then goes straight to untangling the second wheel. And yet he still lost by 37 seconds. So, again, Big Brother and Challenge editors, I think, just basically all share the same bed. And they do the same thing because they're both <laughs> they're both good at what they do and they're very, very good at misdirection. How many times have we talked about this when it comes to Survivor as well? You know, going into Tribal Council, they want to make you think one thing and it ends up being something else. So you keep that in mind. The one thing they mentioned in the preview for next week's episode is I don't think, or I think they said the vets are now have the majority and... I, th I thought there was 16 people left. There's there's eight vets still there. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to write this shit down, but I didn't. But they seem to think that between survivor people, uh, big brother people, and vets, there's more vets, and vets are controlling the house now. And uh, I don't know. But I will say this. There it looks like to me there'll be a twist on Thursday night. If that twist is now... I don't know, split up into two teams or I don't know if it if it changes the dynamic to where the vets do have a majority over something, it'll be obvious. It'll almost be obvious that CBS doesn't want some of the big names in this franchise out early. They want to establish they don't want a finals with a bunch of new people and a bunch of rookies and look, these are our people that we've all seen on, on CBS television shows. We've seen them on Big Brother. We've seen them on Survivor. But something tells me that CBS wants a final that has a Bananas in it or a Wes in it or a Tory in it. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying if the twist next week leans towards vets controlling this game, I don't think that'll be a coincidence is what I'm saying. And finally... Man, in the celebrity world, it was a tough one over the weekend. Bob Barker passed away. And here's the crazy thing, and this is not meant to be mean-spirited in any way, but when I found out on Friday that Bob Barker passed away, or maybe it was on Saturday, it was Saturday, I think, is when it, it was announced. 
if you would have told me before Saturday that Bar Barker was already dead, I would have been like, yeah, no, I remember. He died like three years ago, right? I thought he was gone, and I can't be the only one in America that thought that. For some reason, I thought he died three, four, five years ago. Apparently not. I know the running joke, not joke, but the running comment all weekend, people liked making it. I saw it from three different Twitter accounts, so you're wondering if somebody saw it on Twitter and just stole it and reposted it. But the fact that he was 99, I saw it three different times where someone said, isn't it fitting that he got as close to a hundred or a dollar without going over referencing the spinning the wheel uh, on prices. Right. I tell you what, in my growing up days when I was in middle school and in the summer, I mean, price is right with Bob Barker was appointment television for me. You know, whether it was the Plinko game, which I was fascinated by anytime they had to putt uh, <laughs> uh, for a car um, the Showcase Showdown, Barker's Beauties. I mean, those games were iconic. I mean, my sister and my cousin used to play our own Prices Right game when we used to watch it. Like, after it ended, we'd create our own Prices Right game in the living room. It was just, uh, he, was a, he was a legend. Obviously, his appearance in Happy Gilmore is something that people might even remember more than Prices Right, even though he was on the Prices Right for 35 years. But... Yeah, just an absolute legend. Sorry to see him go, but uh, rest in peace to Bob Barker. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated if you could do that. We'll be back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup. Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now if you want to check that out. Yeah, and be back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!